What's up, y'all? Welcome in to another SSPN recap. My name's Jude McLaren. That's Ethan Quintero. I don't know which side. Maybe that's Ethan Quintero or that's Ethan <laughs> Quintero. Regardless of which side I end up on, you know, I did both ways, so that way I can't be wrong. Um, there we go. Because I have crippling insecurities about being wrong, about <laughs> pointing to which side. I'm just playing. Okay. No, but you know what the Spurs should have crippling insecurities about? What's that? God-awful bench. Um, but... <laughs> Straight to the point. I like it, Jude. I, Rip it off like I, a band-aid. <laughs> I I feel so disrespectful saying that because these dudes have done so much for us. Yeah. And I know this isn't the most like pretty transition, but um God, this game was so bad, dude. Like <laughs> it was a blowout win, but it was like you texted me, you're like, this is gross. Yeah. <laughs> and I was before you said that, I was about to text you the same thing, like using gross. Like that was the best way I could describe it. So yeah, I mean, let's just hop into this thing. Um, Ethan, what were your overall thoughts on this one? Overall impressions, Jude, were neither team I mean, obviously the Spurs more so than the Pacers, but really neither team could get anything going offensively in a set like half-court offense at the very least the Spurs transition offense was was really good in my opinion I thought we were running um, with good pace we were passing the ball crisply finishing at the rim all that was fantastic but just when we were in the half-court set especially after the first quarter when the bench uh, unit came in we just couldn't it was gross. I mean, for lack of a better way of putting it, it was just really gross. And I thought that the Spurs played phenomenal interior defense as far as, you know, getting their hands straight up in the air, verticalization, not fouling that often. Uh, but as far as perimeter defense, I mean, the Pacers just couldn't buy a shot. I mean, they weren't making threes. I don't really think that was the Spurs perimeter defense. Judy could correct me if you if you think that I'm wrong no i'm i'm with you i mean there were maybe there were some like Dejounte and Derek had some good contests like the dudes who are actually good perimeter defenders on the teams has yeah. a couple plays but but i agree with you they were just missing shots more than yeah. you know patty mills and rudy getting physical on the three-point line yeah. you know yeah, we weren't doing anything above what our normal level of perimeter defense is this is another way I've sh- i should put it the pacers just couldn't hit three-point shots and really the spurs couldn't either other than Derek white we really weren't hitting threes. Um, Patty was off all night long. He couldn't buy a basket. Rudy was being Rudy. <laughs> I mean, Lonnie couldn't. Hit, Lonnie, Lonnie didn't and couldn't hit a shot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, it was it was a weird game. I will say that Jakob Pertl surprised me. He played very well. He fouled out really early. I, I didn't even know he had six fouls at that point. But he fin- finished his game twenty five minutes, sixteen points, seven rebounds. A couple steals, a block, a really nice, a fast break. I don't know if you saw that. He took four dribbles, passed <laughs> yes. it, got it back, slam dunk. <laughs> Love to see Jakob running the break. Um, Eubanks was solid as always, 13 rebounds. One point off another double-double juke. I know. One point. I was so excited <sighs> for him. Tragic. Uh, but the starting lineup played well. You know, I don't think we did anything extremely over-the-top well. I just think the Pacers did not play well at all. And you you alluded to it. They're out two stars, so I don't know if we we weren't really playing their best team, and they didn't look like they were kind of into it all night. You know, just an overall gross game, but a solid win. I'll take it nonetheless. <laughs> Similar to the Magic, but 
like as a lesser extent, like because the Magic literally have nobody on their yeah. well, not I don't want to say nobody, but they don't have like established NBA players on their roster yet. They have a lot of guys with potential, but you know they're all super young. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Pacers have guys like Karis Levert and Brogdon still playing, so. Then again, their twin towers are gone, who are arguably their two best players. But um, you know, Brogdon and, and Lavert can can still play, yeah. Um, and and they're experienced, so that in that way it was different, which I think is why the game was a little bit closer. Um, and you know, while you were talking, Ethan, there was one thing that I was thinking. You know, it's like we have all these guys on the bench, and they can't buy a shot. If only we had somebody on the sh- on the bench who was a fantastic shooter. Oh, and a fantastic defender who just mm. knows how to find his spots on the floor, uh, specifically on the three point line, um, and and play great defense. Oh my God, I wonder if we had that. Oh, it's it's oh we do. That's right. We do. It's Devin Vassell. Oh, that's right. It's not like he scored eighteen against the freaking arguably one of the best teams in the league you know two nights ago yeah Jeez, dude i mean he played i don't understand that at all i don't understand that at all like i don't know what like i know they want to go to this nine-man rotation type deal which i don't i don't hate that much and here okay so i've i've said a lot of negative stuff let me give my positives so one of the things that i did appreciate in this game and it it kind of once the second half started it kind of just went away but at the start of like that first half whenever patty and rudy came in they were playing off ball remember yeah. i don't know if you remember this but when Derek came in and he was the ball handler and there was one time where patty even came and asked for the ball and Derek waved him off and i was like yes <laughs> I was finally like, Thank you. i know and and things were going well that's when i mean even when Derek was missing shots like he was still setting up people much better you're setting up eubanks whoever oh yeah um and so i liked and there's even a, a an instance where they're mixing Dejounte with those two guys but Dejounte was the main ball handler so if you're going to do that that is a better way of doing it but the thing is i still feel like we have people on the bench that aren't playing that are better than the guys that we're putting on the floor and honestly i think that I mean, I I feel like I'm kind of getting into like Friday podcast stuff, but I think that Trey Jones is a better, I mean, the performance that he put on against the Suns, I think there's an argument for him playing over Patty at this point. He's definitely a better defender. Yeah, he's not as good of a shooter, but he runs the floor better. He plays better team defense and individual defense um, and is probably a better playmaker. Um, So... I don't know. There's a lot that I could get into, but just watching this game, I mean, we can. All I end up thinking is because it was obvious that in the fourth quarter, that even near the end of the third, that both teams were just very disinterested. Yeah, like they were just like, "All right, this game's over. Let's just get, (laughs) let's just get this over with." And that's kind of how we felt watching. And even Sean and Bill were talking about it. God bless. I found a stream with them two on it. Yeah. Um. And so I don't know if that's a factor of the NBA's condensed schedule or just this game or what it was. Um, but I mean, I don't know, Ethan, I feel like this game, even though it was a blowout win, it just made me more concerned about when the Spurs play an actual team. Like I felt like I noticed way more problems in this game than I did positives, even though really they won by 20 points. The The end score isn't going to tell you that, but 
but for the most part of the game, that that's how much they were leading by. Well, I think there's a silver lining to this game. I mean, I think that you're right. We could ultimately, all these mistakes could prove fatal once we start playing some real teams. But the silver lining to me is when the starting lineup played together. You know, they played very well. Like let's mm-hmm. let's not let's let's not just focus on the negative. Like everybody played... was everybody was in double figures. Yeah. And even the people, not to interrupt you, but even the people who had rough shooting nights, they had at least six uh, assists and rebounds. Yes, and everyone was shooting pretty well from the free throw line. Solid defense all around. We mentioned the interior defense with Jakob. Um, they played very well. It's when our bench unit came in that the mistakes were just so evident and. Really, to me, it showed when Lonnie's not on, our bench unit, and we saw this when he was out, is completely obsolete. Like, they have no spark. Keep, go ahead. What are you saying? Okay, I don't. I didn't want to interrupt you. No, you're good. But I, ha- I have to say that while we're talking about the bench, there is one player who has been playing phenomenal, and he's your guy, and now he's my guy. Yeah. I even tweeted, start Eubanks, and I'm yes. dead serious about that. I am dead serious because last game the way that he runs the floor he can like no offense to Jakob and I even said that in the tweet y'all can go look at it I'm just gonna read it because I said when I saw the starting lineup today I tweeted I quote tweeted the Spurs and I said boo start Eubanks hashtag start Eubanks so you know everybody everybody start tweeting that (laughs) Um, but then I said then I said, this is not a diss on Jakob. He's a player I want a part of the Spurs' future. But Drew has been playing fantastic as of late, and I'd like to see what he does with the starters more. And once again, I mean, really, okay, one point off from a double-double. I'm going to give Drew another double-double. He basically had one tonight. Um, he's so athletic. He, he's much more athletic than Jakob, even though Jakob's bigger. And Jakob's not, not athletic, but... The things that Eubanks does and the motor that he has, I feel like matches, honestly, the starters' personalities more than Jakob. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It I does. know that that's a very, like, I'm going at it from a mental aspect, which you usually don't always, you know, people don't always go for um, on top of a skill set. But I think the way that he attacks the rim, how hard he plays, like, when him and Keldon are on the floor together, and even DeJounte and Derek, I mean, DeJounte, Derek, DeMar, Keldon, and, and Drew, they, they all have that dog in them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And so with those five guys on the floor, I think that that just kind of matches the personality of the team more and kind of sets the tone if we were to start Drew whenever we're playing opposing teams because you're going to have Keldon and, and Eubanks down in the paint. And even Derek, you know, we know how rough he plays, right? Um, we, we've seen him get his, his tooth knocked out before, oh, yeah. right? And so with those guys on the floor at the same time, I just think that that would be, um, what's the word? Not intimidating to other teams, but kind of in that vernacular, if that makes sense. It would mm-hmm. be, I don't, I don't know, I can't think of the words to describe it. I know but what you're getting just, at. You, but you get what I'm saying. Kinda I hope that everybody like, watching gets what I'm yeah, saying, kinda too. Kind of like how the Memphis <laughs> Grizzlies used to be a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, that grit and, gr- grit and grind. Yeah, not grit and grind, but just in the fact that I think a lot of people, well, I think a lot of people are still kind of learning about the Spurs, like the new Spurs, so I think they'd be a little bit surprised by it. 
but also just setting the tone for the game as they're going to play physical defense and they're going to attack the paint and they're going to play physical in the paint on both sides. Um, And even on the perimeter to an extent with DeJounte and Derek, I think that that would be super helpful. So anyways, the whole point of this is that Drew Eubanks has played great. He played great tonight off the bench and he has played great in the last three or four games. So while we're talking about the bench, we exclude Eubanks. But yes. that was a very long way. Goes without saying. saying that. Everyone yeah. knows if they watch this podcast or if they know me personally, Drew Eubanks is like my Michael Jordan. He is, yeah. he's the GOAT. I think we mm-hmm. honestly need to run, people are going to probably think I'm insane, but I think we need to run more plays not necessarily for him, but get him the ball. Just in involved, post. pick and rolls with yeah. him. He sets great screens. He sets amazing screens. Yes, and he has he has a great low post game. And I'm interrupting you again, but I have to interrupt you because I also tweeted during the game, and now I gotta make sure that I don't butcher this. Let me let me see let me see where that. I said I think my end goal in life is to be anything that resembles Drew Eubanks. Dude, that's what I've been saying for like years. <laughs> Just ever anything since you, close to him. Ever since I saw him play for the first time, I was like, this guy plays how I would play if I was seven feet tall and athletic. Like every time he touches the ball, he's trying to dunk it, like hundred percent. Or if he, if someone tries to shoot, he's trying to swat it. He, I just love his aggressiveness, and I think that he does one thing way better than Jakob. And I think their games are pretty similar. You mm-hmm. could even make the argument that Jakob's a better player overall. Overall, yeah. But yeah. I think the one thing that Drew does consistently better, aside from being super aggressive, he can find his spots without the ball. He he's so good. He's kind of got like that Dennis Rodman second like second sense of knowing where the ball is going to be, and he could position himself to get tip backs a little bit easier than Jakob, at least in my opinion. Put back dunks, all that stuff. He's really good at slapping the ball out for offensive boards. He's also a better free throw shooter. Way better. Free throw <laughs> yes, Way better. and just a better like last game. He had a nice mid range too. Yeah, he did. So he's I mean, underrated he's, shooter. He's not you know anything crazy shooting the ball, but he's a guy that can make open shots, yeah. which is something that I don't know if really like Jakob can do. Like Jakob's, it's it's like a Push. shot it's a putt. Weird. Yeah, it's not it's not a jump shot. It's it's a it's a I'm a Papa shot Austrian and basketball I play. He looks like he's from the fifties <laughs> and he's black and white yeah. film. How they yes. used to play back then. Um, I did want to say one thing uh, about Derek. He had twenty five points on the night. Of course, sixteen of those came in the first quarter. I was really hoping maybe he would go off a little bit more in the second, third, and fourth quarter. But um, I don't know if it was Indiana's defense. You told me that he shot about four shots in the second quarter. So, yeah, he went in the first quarter, he went four for four. <laughs> in the second quarter, he went 0 for four. For yeah, three. I guess he just cooled off. But. but but he ended the game six for 11. Yeah. This is his, like, however many straight games where he shot 50% from three at yeah. the end of the day. And he was our leading scorer. So. It's true. Yeah. You're right. And uh, last note from me, and I'm probably going to end on a negative here, but there's a silver lining to it, so it's not totally mm-hmm. horrible. Uh, Patty had zero shots in the first half. He finished the game 0 for 3. All three of those shots were from deep. He had two free throws because of a, a flagrant the technicals, the technicals yeah. on um, Jakar Sampson, which I don't know what that was about. Uh, I was really hoping they'd let Rudy fight him, but we'll, we'll get into that on the podcast. But mm-hmm. I don't... I don't know why he was playing 21 minutes because he was really just floating around. You know, 
we always complain about Patty get shooting too much, but if he's not shooting, there's really no reason for him to be out there. Because he only had Trey one Jones. Ass- yeah, he had one assist. Trey Jones is all I have to say. <laughs> Honestly, like if he if he sh- if he has another night like this where he just can't make a shot, he can't he couldn't even get a shot off. And it's not like he was creating for others. He was literally just like floating around the perimeter doing absolutely nothing. You know, he, I'd rather have Devin Vassell out there. He's literally a more yeah. consistent shooter than Patty at this point. I agree. And, and, and if you want an excuse to rest a vet, just say it's rest. Just say, oh, he's older. We're going to let the young guys get a few run-ins, you know? I would much rather them play poorly than have to sit through Patty play poorly. Because at least yes. they're going to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think another thing that I know we're getting a little bit long on time here but another thing that i'm forgetting is at some point in the third quarter rudy and patty just started hoisting up contested jump shots for like four straight possessions and we're like this is our exact problem and so that was bad but i i will give a shout out to uh to derek i know that he cooled off there but actually in the fourth quarter is when he started hitting threes again so yes and he went just a little bit so you know I mean, I I think that this, once again, his stat sheet where he had three boards, four assists, and 25 points, I really think that Derek White is a 25-5-5 guy. Um, And I think we saw that in in the last game that he played. He had a little bit more boards and and assists. Um, And I want to see him run the offense a little bit more. There were times when he was out there and DeJounte was even playing off ball, and it looked pretty nice because here's the thing. He may you know, bring the ball up the floor and then set up a play for DeJounte. So it's not like DeJounte's, you know, not going to be involved in the offense if he's not bringing the ball up the floor like he usually does. And in fact, there were plays where, okay, you can set everybody up, you can space the floor, you know, with Derek bringing the ball up and then he can, like, there can be an off-ball screen, like maybe DeMar, whoever sets it, and then at the top of the key, he dished it to DeJounte who got a screen from Yaka Pirtle. And then once, once DeJounte gets off a screen, he's a, you know, he's above lethal. average shooter for mid range, mm-hmm. or he can drive to the basket and get free throws yeah. or make a layup. So that, I mean, that is something that I would like to see a little bit more. I'd like to see Derek just kind of be in the facilitator because DeJounte proved tonight, even though he didn't have the greatest shooting night of all time, four for 10, one for two from three. Um, He's he's a guy who can who's developed his game enough uh, to create um, even off ball. So and shout out to him for having seven boards and seven assists, uh, even though he didn't shoot that well. So absolutely, Jude. I think you're 100 percent right. Anything we can do to expand how we score will benefit us, especially come playoff time. <laughs> yes, because we cannot be one dimensional. It can't be give Demar the ball or give Dejounte the ball. We have to let everyone else contribute. Oh, one last shout out, Keldon Johnson. Good. Excellent play tonight. Just overall, he was getting into the basket. He was shooting confidently. I know he only went one for four, but he was shooting them very confidently, and he was he was excellent all around tonight. Yeah, and he kind of had a, a lesser role mm-hmm. in tonight's game, but was still able to find ways to contribute. Yes, even Demar did that tonight. I believe he had eight boards and six assists. Yes, he did. So, um, poor shooting night from him, but still found ways to contribute. So, well, I think that that will wrap this thing up. Ethan, any any final thoughts before we put a bow tie on this one? Go Spurs go. Give Drew Eubanks the ball. Yes, absolutely. This is this is the 
the for sure philosophy, I think that we need to just run our entire offense through Drew Eubanks. And Amen. I think a championship is, is basically Imminent. just handed to us at that point. Yep. Um, but all right, Spurs got to go home. Unfortunately, they've been playing bad at home, good on the road. So hopefully we don't get smacked by the heat on Wednesday. And before we go, I actually have one more thing. I would be, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. The Pizza Planet shirt. Oh, you like that? The drip. The drip. Yeah. The Toy Story drip. Yes, sir. From Ethan Quintero. So if y'all are listening on the podcast, go check it out on the YouTube feed. Um, And we appreciate all, all, all y'all watching and all that good stuff. If you have any questions for us, hit us up on Twitter. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Ethan underscore Quintero at Jude McLaren, just straight up Jude McLaren. It'll be in the video. You'll see it if you're watching it. If you're listening to the pod, I think I have the, uh, or I know for a fact that I have the YouTube linked in the description. So you can just go click that and find it. But anyways, that'll wrap it up. Go Spurs go. This has been SSPN game recap of the April 19th W over the Pacers.